back to the sermon podcast from Redlands First United Methodist Church. I'm, I'm glad you're joining us this week. Do not be afraid, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What? Really? A gift? God's reign will be with us as a gift? We don't have to toil to receive it. We don't have to follow draconian rules of self-denial. God's healing, God's blessing, God's renewal, and the possibility of resurrection and new life. Is it really ours to receive? Yes, friends. In our text from the 12th chapter of Luke's Gospel, Jesus makes it that clear. In a time when leaders saw the compliance of others through the use of fear and control, Jesus seeks to release his followers from the burdens that others have placed upon them. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that the gospel he preaches and embodies is meant to be a blessing for us and a blessing through us. As we have been considering in the previous weeks, this is a gift we receive by choosing to align ourselves with the work that God is doing. Going back a few weeks ago when we considered the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, we are seeking to do just that. We are praying that we may align ourselves with what God has revealed in Christ. In a world that continues to marginalize and other people, may this promise strengthen you to make space for others. In a world that continues to do harm and violence under the guise of nationalism and purity, may God's promise strengthen you to be a beacon for the unfolding reign of God. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 32 through 40. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The watchful slaves, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that, when, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat. He will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Let the church hear what the Spirit is saying. We, we are, are listening. listening. Friends, I would invite you to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. 
Amen. As I was thinking uh, this week about the Gospel of Luke, you know, in, in really kind of, even though I was focusing on this passage, thinking more broadly about the, the scope of Luke's Gospel, it occurred to me that Luke's church must have been um, living in a very uncertain and fearful time. Now, we know that this was after the fall of the temple in 70 AD when Rome came in and sacked uh, Jerusalem, destroyed the temple after the burning of Rome in 64 AD. So we know a lot about the history of the larger history of the time and how tumultuous it was. But I think that Luke's community must have been particularly fearful. And in, in, in what makes me think this is that Luke carries a theme that really goes throughout the whole of Scripture into some very specific situations. Now, many places in Scripture, going all the way back to the early Hebrew Scripture, the idea of the, that God speaking to the prophet says, be not afraid. Okay? And this usually came up within the context of God coming close and for people who were afraid of what would happen if God showed up because they were told that they didn't measure up the notion of God coming close would be very fear-inspiring. But Luke uses this in some very interesting and specific contexts. So a little short history lesson. In the very beginning of Luke's Gospel, when Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, is working in doing his diligence as a priest in the temple, um, and the angel shows up and says that Zechariah, in his late age, maybe even up into his 80s at this point, is being told he's going to have a son. Uh, yeah, you can imagine that that would, might be a little fear-inducing. So the angel says to Zechariah, be not afraid. Don't be afraid. So fast forward a little bit, literally just a few months. And when the angel comes to tell Mary about what's going to happen with her, the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. And you remember Christmas Eve, right? Shepherds are out on, the, out on the field watching their flock, and all of a sudden there's this light and there's this sound, and the angels are terrified. What's the first thing that the angel says? Do not be afraid. See, in these moments when God is showing up, when God is close by, when God is getting ready to do something incredible in the lives of people, that it is, it is God that is trying to remind them, do not be afraid. Yeah, I get that you're freaked out. Yeah, I get that you're fearful. Yeah, I get that there's no precedent for this in your life. But that being said, do not be afraid. And so Jesus uses this in verse 32 that Kimberly just read of chapter 12. Do not be afraid. I don't know about y'all, but that, I needed to hear that this week. I almost skipped over it and went on to something else, but then I realized, do not be afraid is such an important uh, encouragement to our life today. Because let's face it, there are a lot of things out there that if we dwell on them, could do a lot to inspire fear. Because there's things out there that are unprecedented. There are things that are out there that are tremendously unsettling for us individually and, and communally. You know, and this is, this is particularly important because we see something 
we see this, this thing being ramped up that's always been there. Since the beginning of the community of faith, there have been people, leaders of faith, leaders who spoke for God, who would lay heavy burdens on people. They would use fear. They would use the fear of not measuring up, the fear of not being enough, the fear of being less than, the fear of being an outsider because of any number of different socially constructed um, uh, divisions. And, and, they, and leaders used the fear of not conforming to enforce compliance. You know, Jesus talked about this a lot with the Pharisees that would lay heavy burdens on people while they themselves kind of go off and do what they want to do. They would lay these heavy burdens and faith instead of being a blessing, faith instead of being something that was uplifting, a relationship with the God who is present with us instead of it being something that gives life, that gives vitality, becomes something to be not fearful in the sense of being in awe of, but being terrified of. If we don't measure up, boy, God, just don't show up. My house is a mess. And we see this time and time and time again where what should be a blessing is a burden. And into that reality that Jesus knew in His time, that we know in our time because we, we see it. We see it in every realm of human endeavor and in every institution. People who demand control will do anything that they can to hold on to it, regardless of the, the damage that it causes. But it's even into that moment. Remember what Jesus says, verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock. Do, Jesus is saying this to his friends, to his family, to his community. Do not be afraid, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. It is God's desire to give you the kingdom. It is God's desire that you would know God's reign. It is God's desire that you would know mercy that you would know compassion, that you would know justice, that you would feel God present with you as the blessing that God had intended it to be from the very beginning. This is what God wants to do. This is what God is doing. And Jesus reflects this promise. That changes things, doesn't it? We don't have to be afraid anymore of God showing up because God's already here. We don't have to be afraid of God seeing inside our dirty house because God's already been in. Yeah? I know some of you that might totally freak you out, but no, just breathe. Breathe through it. Because it's a blessing. And this, this gift, and see, and this is the thing, He's giving it to you as a gift here. Not here it is, but this is what it cost. Here it is, but do this for me first. No, no, no. Here. Here it is. It's yours. It's a gift for you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of this gift. Because it is in this gift that we experience life. 
and we experience life abundantly. It should inspire us. Not toil after it. You know, as the, the, the sermon title for today, some tests you just can't cram for. You know, the, the, the text later on in the text, and this is what I was going to focus on, but I realized, no, that's, only, that's not the main part. This idea of being vigilant, staying alert, staying awake, right? And how many times have you heard something like that interpreted in such a way that you are deathly afraid to fall asleep, literally or figuratively? Have any of you tried to stay up, like actually physically stay up for more than 36 or 48 hours? I mean, why? But I mean, there would be good reasons to do it. It messes with your mind. We're not designed to be awake 24-7 all the time. We need sleep. We need rest. We need Sabbath. We need that break. So if this text is not about me as your leader making you afraid to fall asleep, then what is it about? So this, this, this concept came to mind. Vigilant anticipation. Which, yeah, I get that. I've never put those two words together before, and I may never do it again. But for the purposes of today, vigilant anticipation. What is it, what is it that Jesus is asking of His disciples? How about this? Cultivating an awareness. Cultivating, growing, nurturing, you know, from seed through a good soil into the place where it bears fruit. Cultivating in our life an awareness of the God who is present with us, the God who wants to give us, wants us to know justice, wants us to know mercy, wants us to know compassion, wants us to know reconciliation, wants us to welcome God's own presence in ways that are redeeming and transforming. Cultivating an awareness that God is present every day in your life, in every circumstance. For this reason, that we would experience this promise, this transformational promise. Now, does it make the bad stuff, quote-unquote, go away? No. There's always going to be people that, you know, that want to have it their own way, over God's way. And we just deal with that. But even in the midst of that, even in the midst of things that might make us fearful, I mean, we'll always face things that are fearful, but even in the midst of those moments, as we cultivate an awareness, this, this vigilant, not hyper-vigilant, but this, this growing awareness, and maybe it just kind of sits running in the back of our mind, but it's there, so that at the moment when God, when we, we open our eyes and we look around, we say, oh my gosh, there's God. Oh my gosh, there's grace, there's mercy, there's power, there's strength, there's forgiveness. Even in the midst of a horrible situation, to cultivate that awareness, to be mindful, to be ready when you least expect it. Hmm? Expect it. I always used to do that because I was a practical joker, so being enough of a practical joker, when you least expect it, expect it. 
you know, because you never know when it's going to come back. But this is, this, this is a different way of understanding this. When you least expect God to show up, you can expect that God is going to show up. Cultivating this through prayer. To take time through the course of the day, as a, not as a, as, as a task, not as a routine, but as a seeking of God. You know, Scripture talks about seeking God where, may, where God may be found. It's not spiritual hide-and-seek. Remember, we've talked about this before. God is the worst hide-and-seek uh, player in the history of creation because God doesn't want to hide from us. Seek God where, may, where God may be found. Where can God be found? Wherever you are in that moment. Seek God where God can be found. Open your eyes through prayer. Cultivate an awareness that this is where God wants to be in your life. To understand the scriptural witness more. To be able to debunk the people who want to use scripture as a way of power and control and compliance instead of the liberating gift that it is. That we work together, that we worship together, that we fellowship together, that we do common things in mission and ministry together. Oh, like doing a yard sale, a rummage sale. Or serving a meal to the homeless. Or welcoming the community into our midst. Doing these things together, these practices, these disciplines are ways for us to cultivate the awareness and to experience for ourselves the fullness of this promise. Do not be afraid because it is God's good pleasure to give you God's reign in our midst. To show you love. To show you mercy. That you might experience compassion and wholeness. I... uh, I stand here today as one who is deeply grateful. And I don't remember that anybody ever like used these words and taught me this, but I am deeply grateful for the people who showed it to me and lived it with me and made this a reality in my life. Because this is what the body of Christ does for one another. This is a gift. Not only that we experience, but a gift that we can share every day. In every moment. God is giving us this gift. Today, I'll amend what I would often say because there is no bad news. There's only good news. The good news, and only the good news, is that we have the rest of our life to experience this gift for ourselves to share this gift with others. Do not be Amen.
Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Redlands First United Methodist Church. I hope that it has been a source of inspiration and encouragement for your spiritual journey. If you're interested in more information about the church, we would invite you to come to our website at redlandsfirstchurch.org. We hope you will join us in person, online, or via this podcast each week as together we open our lives to the movement of the Holy Spirit that we might grow in faith and be strengthened in the ways that we reflect Christ's presence in the world. Thank you.